I want to put you to work this morning um, and ask you three questions, one of which you're probably already thinking about while Caitlin was uh, talking this morning. They're all around one of our values that we're looking at today, which is building community. So we draw and connect people into Christ's church. That's one of our values here at One Hope. And so my first question to adults, which I imagine you're already thinking about, was what's a community that you've been part of in your life? Either you used to be part of that community or you are currently. So why don't you pick something other than Christian community? What, what have been your interests? Um, while you're thinking, I'll rattle off a few that I asked a couple of people during the week. And there was, you know, someone we've already touched on where there was a soccer club and coaching. Someone said they were part of, a, part of their community was a, a drum circle. I'm like, whoa, that's uh, nice. Uh, girls' brigade, softball. Um, someone said uh, a group I was part of was working with young offenders and um, hopefully helping them rehabilitate their lives. Athletics, and one really grabbed my attention, um, which I think we'd all be a fan of, was um, line dancing. <laughs> I always love what, when line dancing pops up for some reason. That's your first question. My second question to you this morning is, what would you say is the greatest shared achievement you can experience being part of that group or community? So think about the group that you thought of in that first question. And the second question is, what's the greatest shared experience you can have as being part of that group? Maybe if in your mind you were thinking about a sporting club, that's probably an, an easy one to go to where you go, oh, winning a premiership. And maybe you got to experience that high or maybe you didn't, but that would, that we would hold that up as a really probably sports-mad Aussie culture is going, oh, well, that is a pinnacle of what you could experience um, as a group and share together. What about the example that I used of working with young offenders in the justice system? What would be the highest achievement? I, and I thought about that and I wondered if the biggest shared experience would be working with that young person and seeing transformation in their life and seeing their life turn around. What about for line dancing? I just don't know the answer to that question, okay? <laughs> Maybe God's given you more wisdom than me. Maybe we can chat about it afterwards. As I said, as part of our six-week series, today we're focusing on build community. And it talks here about, it says, we draw and connect people into Christ's church. Well, what is the church? And here's my third question for you. I'm not going to make you work hard all the way through the next 20 minutes. Third question is, if you were asked to describe the church, what would your answer be? If you were asked to describe the church, what would your answer be? I found a, a snippet that one author wrote, which I found really helpful. I think we're going to have it up on the screen. And this person wrote, the church is the family of God. The church is the people who have been made God's children. The people of God who have been saved through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, adopted by God through, through Christ Jesus. And the church consists, I love this, of all cultures and all ethnic groups and people across all the ages and all those who have come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour. I reckon that's a great definition. And to help us further understand what the, the church means to God, uh, the Bible uses several different descriptions and images. And so we're just going to um, roll through them briefly. 
One of the first ones we've already touched on this morning, where the Bible will say the church is like God's family, is God's family. And in Ephesians 2, it is written, For through him we have both access to the Father by one spirit, and consequently you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but your fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household. We would use the language, you are part of his family. Which is wonderful news to these people that were so dispersed. And there was even people within um, who, who um, were being written to here, which actually they didn't get along at all before they got to know Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus, did something incredible in their lives where they came to be a functioning, healthy family. A second way the Bible describes the church is as a body. In 1 Corinthians 2, we read it like this. The human, part has, the human body excuse me, has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. In the Old Testament, we hear the church described as a bride. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so, so shall your God rejoice over you. That's pretty special, isn't it? that God would not only rejoice over you as an individual, he would love you, he would have his attention upon you, but he would do that to us as a group as well. Two more. In 1 Corinthians, the church is described as a temple. And the writer says, don't you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? We don't use that word dwell very much, that God's presence lives within you. And the final one for this morning, a little bit of a different one. In John 8, the church is described as a lampstand. And it says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Caitlin described that really well earlier on to our kids, where she made the distinction that our kids aren't the light of their classroom or their community or their sporting club. I love how Caitlin said, actually, it's the light that lives within them. It's the presence of God that is the light. We, we don't really have anything to offer the world by ourselves. But the light and the love of God living within us is the game changer. And here the writer is saying, you know, um, just like if you picture a lampstand or a candelabra, the writer is saying, the light that God has put in your heart, elevate that. Put that in the, in the most important and the prime position in your life so it can light everything around you. So what makes this family, this bride, this lampstand so special? Author Megan Hill um, put it this way. I don't think we've got it on the screen. It's just in my notes here. She says, um, and this is going back to the dark days of um, 2020. Um, Throughout the pandemic, I've refused to wear my pyjamas to watch my church's live stream on Sunday mornings. Every week I get dressed up in my usual Sunday best. I fix my hair. I even put on makeup. I don't do this out of vanity or trying to impress God, but out of a desire to set apart the activity of worship. She says, it just feels more like church if I'm wearing a dress. And she actually touched on the answer there of why is the church so special? The church is so special because of who we set our attention on and who we choose to worship. Did you realise you, you do something, things that probably feel at times maybe really ordinary and maybe at times maybe a little mundane, 
But you do things when you choose to come and worship regularly that are of vital importance and really important to God. Because we actually, did you know, you proclaim something just by showing up. You proclaim God to be king and that his kingdom is visible and real when we all show up. And we come like our Boaz touched on this in his message a couple of weeks ago. When we worship and we sing together, we declare, we loudly declare to him to be worthy, worthy enough that we would come and we would sing his praises. When we come together, we affirm the goodness of God's rule by together submitting ourselves to what the Bible says, to his word. And we submit ourselves to his will when we read the word and when it's preached and when it's spoken about. And we share in God's mission as we go different directions and we do different things during the week. But we go on mission and we declare his love to all of mankind. And if you read through the Bible, God would say all those things are particularly special to him. And if they're special to God, they're just special. Referring to the, uh, the church, Jesus makes this incredible promise where he says, you know, it doesn't matter how many of you there are, even if there's only two or three of you, if you come together and you put me at the center, and he used the, uses the language gathered in my name, Jesus promises and said, says, there I will be among you. What a wonderful promise. So church, this isn't like, you know, Sunday mornings, but whenever we take the opportunity to gather and say, God, we are going to slow ourselves and we are going to put you at the centre of our hearts and our lives in this moment, that Jesus promises to be there. And so on from that, if we want to experience, if you, at times you feel like you want to experience more of God's presence, God would give us the invitation to join with others. Because when we're with others, there he is by his spirit. And it's in those moments that God gets to speak to us and lead us and guide us. It's when we're around other people that God gets to display his gifts through other people. It's when we're around other Christians in Christian community that we get to experience some of the goodness of God. We actually get to tangibly experience the forgiveness and grace of other, that other people would offer to us. And in doing so, we get to say, oh, that is what God is like. And then when we gather as a church, we get brought into his family. I love what Rach and Jesse said about the value of community to them. I love what they said. And to be honest, it's only as part of a church, as part of Christian community, that we get to experience the fullness of what Christ desires for us. When I was thinking about this um, the last couple of weeks, I just noted down to myself, and I'm glad I could reread my handwriting. It was pretty messy. I just put, there's nothing like the church because there's no one like Jesus. There's nothing like the church because there's no one like Jesus. It's really fair for people to say, like, well, if this thing is so special, Jono, why, and so transformative and so wonderful, why at times can it just feel like a tremendous struggle? Why can at times it just seem like a real mess? Well, if I can demonstrate this by sharing with you a brief story. It was only, I think, a week or two ago, I was listening to someone and they were describing a, uh, a street party they had, I think over Christmas or New Year's, where they, their whole street got together. 
and um, they were having a great time, and this person was describing it, and, and uh, they went on to say, um, but they commented on someone's front lawn. And um, as soon as they went to comment, like, they can see the body language of people, like, starting to tense up, and someone else is like, don't go there, don't go there. Anyway, this person was um, describing to us, there was only a few of us there. Actually, I won't even describe it. I'm just going to show you, okay? Here you go. Can you, can you see what that is? Okay, for those of you that are joining online particularly, it's like a nature strip, just a normal nature strip, but where the fence divides two properties, there's probably like 50 or 60 centimetres, and that doesn't do it justice. That's probably about as high as you knee that grass, okay? What we heard of the story was that, you know, one day they just decided that, you know, no, you should mow that, and I'm, no, you should mow that, and so no one ever mows it. And so there's just that hideous strip in the middle of the, you can go and see it for yourself if you want, I'll give addresses later on. <laughs> and I was, this person followed me up because they said, oh, did you ever see that lawn? And I'm like, yeah, I did, I went and visited and, you know, tried to take a photo really subtly. Um, but they said, oh, what, what you can't see from there, it's actually like a wedge. And so, like, when they mow from their direction, they mow their direction and the other person does the same thing. It's just like, this is our boundary and we're putting up a dividing line and as hideous and as ugly as it is, we are just going to live with that dysfunction and we're going to make it obvious to the whole street. And now, a church. Beautiful. <laughs> I, think, I think sometimes, and I'll go out on a limb and say, rightly so, Sometimes the stereotype of the church is a bit like this picture. Where to outsiders, they look and they go, oh, you, you talk about having this love your neighbour thing going on. You talk about love and sacrificial lives, but, you know, oh, you just don't come across like that. Oh, just like mowing the lawn, you seem to only think about yourselves. You know, you talk about community, but you're a bit judgy, aren't you? And we're human, we know this. Like sometimes that is true of us. Sometimes we do get sidetracked by what we feel is most important to us. Then there might be people who've experienced church life from the inside and say, oh, it's a bit like this where, you know, there's important things to do in the world and somehow you got sidetracked and you're just concentrating all your energy and your, like, attention on, you know, just the little things. You seem to be caught up with bickering or niggling and, you know, getting distracted by non-essential matters. And sadly, that at times, that would be true of us. And for what it's worth, don't feel too guilty because through the history of church and the history of humanity, God's been wanting to put his finger on that and saying, do you know what? By my grace, you can continue. Yeah, you are like that. That's why you need to be transformed by my presence and by my spirit. And can I tell you some good news too? We don't have to settle for that. We don't have to settle for that. We don't have to be that kind of church. And I say that because we don't have to be that kind of people. And I actually don't believe that. I look around our church and I go, I don't believe I'm surrounded by people that are that people. Actually really different to that. I would hope that with humility and transparency and accountability, I'm not one of those pastors that people may have experienced, sadly. I know for a fact that we as a church family are blessed because our leaders are not that kind of leader or those type of leaders. 
And I just go back and say again, we're not that type of church because I know you've made the decision, we've made the decision together that we're not going to be that type of person. We're not going to get caught up on the little thing, not going to get distracted or just self-centred. I love that I'm surrounded by people, it is such a blessing that go, that I'm surrounded by people that have chosen to be different, chosen to live different lives. As uh, one author put it, I love this, lack of conflict is not a mark and never has been of the church. Forgiveness is. Forgiveness is. I think my challenge to you today would be if you feel like you're something uh, capable of contributing something greater, richer and more God-honouring than those, um, than what you've experienced at times of, you know, a church that hasn't been great or an experience of Christian community that hasn't been great, if you're capable of contributing more and something fuller, well, what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? In spite of these things, we, we still get to be part of seeing something miraculous happening. I love how we get to grow in faith together. I'm excited for Jesse and Rach and dedicating their kids today. Like, you know, what does God have in store for their children? And we get to be part of that. We get to see transformation in people's lives and we get to be the active and living and growing body of Christ, bringing support and purpose to each other. And we also get to see people join this great family. Have you ever been surprised by the birth of a baby? I don't mean in terms of like, I didn't realise I was pregnant and, you know, I just suddenly a baby appeared. But, but more so, have you ever experienced where um, you see someone and you're like, I th- this is a wise words, isn't it? You think to yourself, I think they might be a little bit pregnant. But what do you do? You never say anything, okay? But the next time you see them, you're like, no, you are really pregnant. Like, they are, they are just like super pregnant. Or otherwise, you can see someone when they're, uh, a woman when they're like, I think you're pregnant. And then next time you see it, like a bit like um, COVID, like 2021, 2020, like, oh, they were pregnant and now they've got a two-year-old. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> There's this incredible thing, like attention, where it's like, you know, while we feel like it's just a moment has gone past where they've been a little bit pregnant to a baby arriving, what's been happening for that family and those parent or parents? Oh, there's been care and attention. There's been all like setting up rooms and a family getting ready for this arrival of this child. And, and, you know, a great thing about now is technology. You know, you can see a scan. What does a scan help us do? You know, you can, you can go, oh, what is unseen actually becomes seen and tangible and real. And, you know, you talk to an expecting parent and they're like, oh, this is great. Let me show you the photo of the scan. And you're like, yeah, this is wonderful. Like they're already getting to know this child even though it's, it's unborn. But when we only know someone at a distance or we haven't seen them for a time, sometimes it can seem like, oh, there's just, there's not a lot happening. It goes from something nothing like or something very little to something really tangible and big and a blessing. I was thinking about this, that sometimes the Christian walk can feel a little bit like that. Sometimes it can feel like there's not a lot happening. But so often there's something unseen and beneath, and like, you know, without getting your attention, there is, there's, there's life growing and something important is happening. Where God's spirit is stirring, there's always something good happening. And um, 
you know, I love that where we talk about our value, that we want to draw and connect people to God's church, that we want to see other people come into God's family, to hear, experience his love, to see their life transformed just as we have, to know the assurance of the presence of God both now and into eternity. And, um, you know, that, that journey of being born again, from going from non-Christian to Christian can just feel like that pregnancy kind of thing. Like there's, you know, it just seems like a, such a big step, like from not knowing Jesus at all to coming into a life-changing relationship with him can seem like such a big step. And author Dan Kimball, um, he, he describes this journey of coming to follow Jesus like this. He said, it's real people just doing their best to follow Jesus who end up making the biggest impact on the world. And he goes on to say, I, I know I, would, I never would have had any interest in the church, dot, dot, dot. And he goes on to say things like this. Wouldn't have had any interest in the church if I hadn't met some Christians who broke my stereotypes. I wouldn't have any interest in being part of Christian community if I hadn't found a church that welcomed me. And if I hadn't begun reading what the Bible says about following Jesus, and if I hadn't understood who Jesus really is, and if I hadn't understood that Jesus loves people, messed up, broken people, and calls them to learn what it means to follow him together, representing him in mission to the world by loving one another and the people around them just as he would. And he concludes by saying, this is why the church needs you and your unique giftedness creativity and contribution to Jesus' mission of serving others and teaching them the good news of who Jesus is. How's this? There's too much need in the world not to be part of the organised church. I thought I'd take the moment, a moment this morning to um, just go back. Um, I'll just grab these. Excuse me. Now I've got your attention, haven't I? All right, these are gonna these are gonna be given to one person this morning, um, who I should. You're like, oh, is it me? Is it me? Like, no. Um, chances are not. Chances are not. Chances are slim. Um, something that I love about our church, and Gemma touched on this earlier, is that people just being so willing to step up and, you know, give, give your time and effort and your energy to serve other people and to help build a community. I mean, Gemma touched on there, the, um, you know, our cafe team, and I, I try and make it a point in my head and my heart each, and my mind each week to, you know, God, I thank you for the, that team. Because I know some churches that still, even after 2020, 2021, lockdowns, all that kind of stuff, they're coming back and for whatever reason, they don't have people that are either capable or willing to put up their hand and do it. So they just, it's a, I don't know, I just encourage you to take that time to notice how much that so strengthens the fabric of our community by being a hang around and have a cup of tea and, you know, have a chat and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I think it's one of those things that I visited a couple of churches while I was on leave where, unfortunately, they didn't have that opportunity to do that. And I'm like, oh man, this just feels like it's not, it's fullest and, you know... And so I love the fact that people, you, would choose to go, actually, you know, every three weeks I'm going to put up my hand, I'm going to serve, and I'm going to arrive here early and I'm going to clean up and I'm going to stay late and I'm going to do all the stuff and, you know, I'm going to watch people having conversations while our cafe team is like, I'll serve you, I'll serve you. Like they actually sacrifice something in that and that's only a snippet, a small example of, you know, what we do together as we contribute and we all do a little bit. 
And then also, I love how in church life, that so often spills out of people. And they go like, do you know what? You see someone who's like, they're rostered on one every, every fortnight or every third week or whatever, but you end up seeing them doing stuff even when they're not rostered on. And I love that. And it just kind of spills out. So I wanted to take the opportunity. Um, Dean, is Dean here this morning? Is Dean here this morning? Oh, here you are over here, Dean. I'm going to give these to Dean because you may not know. There you go. You just get a clap just for being Dean. I had a reason because it was actually Dean's 53rd birthday last week. There you go. Watch those. Mum's already eyeing them off there. And all the best with the early onset diabetes. Um, I think, I think, I'm pretty sure Dean is on the cafe team. But as I prepared, I'm not, I prepared for this, I'm not even really sure. Because all I know is Dean just serves me and serves us and he'll come around and he'll collect cups and he'll do stuff and say hi and, you know, ask how you're going. And I think like, oh, that is the most amazing blessing that we're surrounded by people who just go, you know what? They are the living demonstration of God's love for us. Just go, I'm just going to serve you and I'm going to love you. And I'm just going to do my bit. As one writer put it, there's nothing as beautiful as a life dedicated in service to God. And with the kids, they had their three little circles that Caitlin pointed out earlier where they've got their family and, you know, the the communities that they're part of, whether it's sports or hobbies or school, and then their church family. You know, I think, like I said, just the church is so special. There's nothing like the church because there's no one like Jesus. And our prayer and our hope is not just for our kids but for each and every one of us that what God does when we're gathered as his, people, as his people, would spill into those other two circles. And let's never take for granted that when we come together, there's some of us, some of you, who you, I know you're not, you're not going home to Christian families, you're not going home to Christian homes. Actually, and so that's a, that can be a really lonely place, that biological family space, and you know how wonderful that we get to join in as a family. And I love that moment this morning when we dedicate kids and we're saying like, and this is what you're saying yes to, it actually doesn't matter if I'm biological family here. I'm just going to love these, these people. I'm going to love this family as if they were and as if they were my own. And so it doesn't matter if you're, you're married or you're single or you're single again or you're biological family or you're not, that we come in and we say, God, come and have your way. There's nothing like the church because there's no one like Jesus. I'm going to invite us to stand as we finish and we're going to sing together. Um, but if I could, could I just invite us all to, um, to close our eyes for a moment? I'm not going to do anything amazing here or uh, just, just to help us concentrate. And I'd just like to read something like, you know, just a couple of paragraphs and say, you know, would you be able to close, willing to close your eyes and just concentrate on what I'm saying? And we'll wrap up our time by singing together. While we've got our eyes closed, I just want to come back to that question that I asked all of us earlier about what's the greatest achievement you could experience being part of that group that you're part of that came to your mind. What'd you come up with? I'm, 
I'm pretty convinced that whatever you came up with, it doesn't compare to the achievement and the glory and the beauty of the church. It doesn't compare with the fact that we get to be part of seeing lives transformed both now and for eternity. God has called us as a people to be the people with eternity in mind. That we live in a world where God loves each and every person and says, I want relationship with you not only now, but forever. And of course, participation in a club and social activities and interest-based communities can be can be so influential in our lives. It can be a tremendous blessing and, and wonderful. And at times it almost offers us an, a religious type experience, that, that mountaintop experience. But as the people of One Hope, could we, let's be the people that always find our purpose and our place and our hope in the words of Jesus when he says, even when two or three of you are gathered, I promise to be there. And the blessing of Christian community, of the church, is, as one author said, the church is to help us live a life that is close to God. So let's continue to be God's church, to be his bride, to be the lampstand, to be his family, to be his community, and to be the people that see not only ourselves, but others closely walk with him. God, this morning, we just want to say, we say thank you that there is nothing like the church because there's no one like Jesus. Amen.